0: What's up, y'all? It's your girl, Danielle, here. Welcome back to another episode of Chill to Action on this very special Tuesday. We've got a very special guest with us in the house. But first things first, here's my wonderful co host, Mr. Paul D'Annunzio. That's
1: me. What's up, everybody? So happy to be here on a very special day. Not a day we usually record, but we decided to make, make a reason to do it. It was a good reason to do so today. So, and uh, to my immediate right? Yeah. What's that? What?
0: Oh,
2: that's <laughs> right there. Oh my God. Uh, welcome, everybody. It's your boy, Dylan Camacho. I'm subbing in for Billy Gulford. We have come together and just become Dylan Delford, also known as Dilly. Um, but we're not here to talk about many guys. We're here to talk about the one, the only,
0: Mr. Christian Harlow. <laughs>
3: we finally we're able to do it. We made it work. We made it work.
0: Any day, anytime we said that. If it was gonna be at 3 30 in the morning on a Wednesday, we would have done it.
3: So. I heard you did the same thing for Brandon and Hannah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true.
0: Brandon you know Hannah is
1: everywhere. You know what? That's what we got. It's yeah. not a Sunday, we'll do it on Tuesday either way.
0: Uh-huh.
3: Yeah, Sunday's tough. But then <laughs> <laughs> happen.
0: Yep, Sundays are tough. And if y'all have been here before, welcome back. You all know the drill with the show. We usually like to ask the first question to our guest, why down. But I think we all know that story. I think we're all pretty familiar with why we're here right now because of this man. To my right, your left, whatever it is. So, Christian, first question, when did you know, like, what moment did it hit you that you knew that you could take this little segment on AfterBuzz and turn it into this incredible network that you made today?
3: Well, I don't know about ever really knowing to turn it into like a big network or whatnot. But I mean, I think that it was um, the idea that it could be a weekly show and turn it into a sports show. It just seemed like a no brainer to me right away, even because so uh, whether people know or not, I used to run a boxing league uh, in college. And it was two in the morning after the bars would close and people would come and they'd watch them. I didn't let the fighters drink, obviously, but everyone else was drunk and I. And people told me I was nuts that no one would come and watch that. And we were sold out every single time cops would come and sit in the front row. uh, (laughs) And like we, it was, it it was, it was one of the biggest things on campus for like three years. And so I just took that formula and said, well, we can do the same thing and it's a lot safer. People won't get concussions. Uh, Um, (laughs) That's true. That's true. Have you met John Rocha? (laughs) So, uh, so anyway, it's a, be talking to uh, John Campy at the time and I said, well, I actually talked to Ellis first and I was like, dude, I, I'm telling you, I think this could be a full-on show and we could do press conferences and characters and this whole thing and we could make it like things. We wanted to do it when, because it was never on after Buzz. It was from their studios. It was always on the Schmoes channel, but we always knew that we wanted to expand it more and do more with it. It was just, we just kind of limited. So with the resources that we now had being over Collider, we thought it could make We could do it a little better and um and we did and because so the way it worked was i think i talked about this maybe on sen live mark and i had a deal with complex at the time and this i wasn't a full time employee it was like a freelance deal but it was a it was a deal that we had to do certain amount of thing they gave the schmo's company a certain amount of money each month and with that we would. We would post. Uh, they would. They from that. Were from Collider Studios. When we did the Schmoes No Show, and then I said, "Well, I want to do the Schmodown Show." They said, "That's fine, but you have to use the money that we're giving you to produce it." So I said, "Okay, fine." And we did the singles, um, and then it became a big hit. And they're like, "Well, we'll pay for the teams," and we're like, "All right, cool." And then when it was a really big hit, they're like, "Yeah, we'll pay for all of it." Um, so, so then um, that's kind of how it. That's kind of how it went down.
0: Sweet.
1: And now we got the spectacular coming up with a live audience, a live expo,
3: December seventh. Everyone thought I was crazy when I told them about the first spectacular, uh, <laughs> including Ellis. <laughs> I said, I said spectacular when it was coming up because we did you no, know, we didn't spectacular was the first big event we ever did. There was no free for all, there was no collision, and I said to all of them, "I go, I want to do like a WrestleMania now with this with the Shmoanam. We'll call it the Shmoanam Spectacular." And they're like, well, what what does that mean? Like two and one? I was like, no, 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 we'll do five or six matches in one day. And they're like, you're out of your mind. What are you gonna What are you gonna do? Like, and I was like, you split. I I wanted to run the like the full video. And they're like, well, can you we, can you split it up, match by match? I'm like, no, no, no. you got to make it an event. And and then when I did it, Ellis goes, crazy idiot, you did it again. So
0: <laughs>
3: he was he was happy with it. And Then we just kept. Then then it was a lot easier to sell the free for all and all that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, the live events have been such a fun uh, like, addition to the Schmodown, being able to watch it on TV and going back and forth uh, on YouTube with it. But being at a live event is, is a, a real-life event. It's almost life-changing for me because Houston, I got to meet some of these wonderful people, got to meet a whole bunch of people. So I think where you've taken this whole thing with the live events and now with Spectacular coming up has been so great for the whole league.
1: I would actually touch on that real quick to say the Houston is probably the key event that most of us would pinpoint as the birth or the second generation of the Action Army 2.0. We've been around for a while, but when we got all together and really made it like a a, a group outing, a family outing, when you had that bar with one bartender and <laughs> closed that place down. And it's- That's true. And getting but it's unbelievable how much we came together and since then it's grown from there. So I really think live events have brought this community even. To- closer together than, than you could ever
3: even imagine I think. Oh, absolutely. I think that, that was that's kind of the point of it is that I I think when you go to the live events, if anything, I think new fans are born at live events all the time because if you're introduced to the Showdown via live event, you feel the energy of it and it's it's much different than those studio matches and you're there for the event and if you're watching even if you're discovering it for the first time on YouTube there's always the possibility of a text message coming in, or you get distracted by some other video, or whatever it might be. You're not sitting in the audience watching it, feeling the energy, and it's like it's our job to conduct a show, and so that's that you're and you're spending your hard-earned money to go to it, so it's a show, and so you want to be entertained, and you want it to feel like an event, and that's what we that's what we try to do each and every time. Speaking of that. Lucas Shashak in the chat. New York City Two was his first
1: exposure, and now he's binged watching and watched all but like forty episodes.
3: Well, that's my point. That's my point. Like if, and if someone introduces, you, and then I hope someone like Lucas or or whoever it might be brings another friend who says this it's my favorite thing out of all events and as much as I love all the hardcore fans and everything too I love the look of just like I'm confusing people when they come walking in, like where am I what the hell am I about to watch <laughs> yeah. what am i watching and they look, they look and they go that was awesome like you know that's a, that's and to be able to find that wrestling fan or that sports fan that doesn't know what it is and have them find it for the first time that's the goal the goal for season seven is to get that marketing um to find those fans because there's tons of lucas out there who have not discovered this show yet uh, that need to and absolutely
1: they got to say it because i remember the the problem i've always had is like when you try to explain what it is people like look at you you're like i don't really get it but then you put them down in front of a match you're like oh I, I get it now i get it more yeah it's- yeah i
2: had that i had that moment with my wife um before going to chicago where we i was kind of explaining it, and she's never watched any wrestling before she's like i like trivia I'm like, yeah, it's, it's a lot like that. Yeah. And you take her to Chicago, thousand packs, whole theater. She's the her look on her face when we started doing the male street dance, priceless. Um, <laughs> but yeah, now she could tell me who John Roca is and she knows Ben, he's a very nice man. <laughs> uh, but yeah, just, it's incredible just the difference it makes. I mean, it goes from her not knowing at all what movie trivia in is to saying, when are you gonna be done doing this so we can go eat dinner?
3: Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> she guessed- she gets it,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, now we know that you've uh, had your history. We're we'll going to let offshoot on for a second, but kind of tangentially related. I'm a big wrestling fan from back in the day, and um, I know you had you've mentioned once or twice that you've worked for the WWE.
3: You love to let me know about it when I
1: mention. It. <laughs> <laughs> I would have avoided We've also seen your clip, of course, when you had your your moment of infamy with The Rock, but I do have a, a really fond
3: memory, like your best memory of your time with your time the WWE. It well, was so brief, um, but when I was there was a lot of cool memories, obviously, but um, I think that there's well, there was a few. I think the one, I mean, The Rock moment's hard to pass up. Being on a jet with Vince McMahon eating eating his shrimp uh, was, was fun, um, but being there for my first show ever, I had like four different duffel bags that I had moved. I thought I was going to be there for a lot longer than I was. But I had everything. I brought it to the arena, and I think it was Chicago. I, I don't remember, but wherever it was, um, it, it, the first event I ever went to. If you're a wrestling fan, it was when uh, Kurt Angle showed up on the milk truck um, <laughs> and spraying down uh, Stone Cold. Stone Cold. That, that was my that was my first show that I ever worked, <laughs> and, and I got there. I mean, I used to, um, I, 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 you know, they were, my my favorite line that I ever did was. Um, uh, it was what was his name? Uh, God, Chavo Guerrero. and it wasn't Moppy. What was the one that he he was he had the 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 he was riding around on that pony? Remember, you know what I am talking about? Yes, yes, I do, I do. Oh um, uh gosh. Not Pablo. Or it was like something like that. Yeah. But, it, but anyway, let let's let's say let's say let's say it, let's say it was it was Pookie. Was the name? There you go. Yeah, okay, we'll go with that. And so I was. It was the middle of the cafeteria. Thing, or we were all eating and I was next to him and, and, he, and he started to rib me a little bit and I said, you know, I'm a writer, right? And he goes, yeah, I go, we gotta you gotta be, uh, you gotta be careful because like, you'll be doing scenes of Pookie for the rest of your life because right? <laughs> <laughs> it was from WCW or whatever it was yeah. you know? so, <laughs> and they, they, they got a kick out of that so that's a good one.
0: That's fun. Schmodown, ha- so I'm not a big wrestling fan. I didn't grow up with it. I've seen matches like I know who Bret Hart is. Bret Hart and Owen Hart. I know who that is. But the Schmodown has allowed me to get more into it and I I'm hoping that if I get more into wrestling I can sneak more people in to the Schmodown from yeah. that crowd.
3: Yeah, definitely. That's kind of that's that's the goal. Well, there's there's a bunch of different audiences that you can that everybody can try to I try to tap into. And obviously there's the movie fan. Um and you want to you go know, to someone who Things that movies wants to play along. Um, there's the wrestling fan, there's the UFC fan. And I, I got into an argument with somebody on Facebook and I stopped doing this because I was just like it's not worth it. But the guys like, like UFC at all. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's it completely like UFC, and not not the actual athleticism of it, dope, but like the but the, the the unexpected, the fact that whoever can win, because when Dana White goes into a match, um he in his head is thinking about what the next event he's they're going to be promoting three months from now and hoping that the main event guy uh, or girl from that event is going to be headlining. He doesn't, I'll tell you, he wasn't ever rooting for Ronda Rousey to lose. <laughs> but, but when she did, then he's like, okay, well, what's next? And that was me with Dan and Andrew guy. Um, that, was, that was me with when like, because I like the, the Patriots when they, when they lost against uh, above the line. Uh, you know, it's like, oh, I, you got to you got to think you always got to be thinking um, in, in, in the, the, what's next. I mean, like, for example, like Riley versus Stacy Howard, which you guys talked about last night. right? It's right. like, yeah, in my head, you, you you go into it going, well, Mark can win this because he's a two time champion. He's got 10 victories. He's probably going to win. But then you look over at Stacey and go, well, she took out some good people before. And what Stacy are we going to see today? So you got to be prepared for it. It was that unexpectedness uh, of the that UFC crowd that I think is is fun too. Mm-hmm.
0: That Andrew guy Dan Merle match, uh, we did a reaction to it, an, an old school reaction to it, and you can see your face melt. It's yep. <laughs> so much anxiety watching you watch that match. <laughs> I had
3: a live I had a live event planned. In my, it was Dan Merle and Sam Levine for the title. They were, the whole awning was just up in flames. And it wasn't like, <laughs> even just your face. It was like your whole body was physically yeah. uncomfortable. I saw you're like, oh. yeah. I didn't, and everybody was commenting it outside. They were watching on the monitor. I couldn't because it's like, I said, how is this? Like, I couldn't believe it. It was. The, it's the only time that I went into a match saying this 100% is going to go the way that I think it is. And it didn't. And, you know, Andrew Guy gave the middle finger to everybody. Yes.
1: <laughs> okay. Literally and figuratively.
3: Yeah, uh, that's actually a good point. Right. It's of a question that Billy Belcher right. asked me. asked me. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. He was walking around afterwards like he just won the World Series by himself.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh <Not laughs> yeah. Yet. I mean, with a big old shit-eating smile on his face, and like, and he deserved it. I mean, he absolutely deserved it. It's like oh, you yeah. blame him. Champ, <laughs> he,
0: was, lunch. Champ yeah. lunch. he
3: was he was O and He had never played before a singles match ever. And that's his first victory. And in my head, I'm like, I'm like, what the hell do I do with this guy now? And then he does it again. And then he beat Riley again. And then and then he beats Riley, TK's Riley. And I'm like, okay, is he going to do this to Roka also? Because it was going to be uh, Guy versus Bibs. And then Roka was like. <laughs> no, no, no,
0: no. <laughs> Non-Roka shut down our hopes and dreams, as he usually does. And that's fine. <laughs> uh,
3: Danny,
2: we said we weren't going to talk about that.
1: Oh, dry up, dry up. We're, nice, we're nice. We're nice now. Yeah.
2: <laughs> we're, we're face turn, guys. Face turn. We're, we're tweeners at best.
1: I know. You know we got a brokerage
3: of peace treaty with you guys. We're trying.
1: We're, we're trying. We reached out, but we don't get anything.
3: I know.
2: I made a cakes episode.
3: He's a stubborn old mule. I'll talk to him.
1: All right. All we right. appreciate that. We appreciate that. That actually brings up a good point. I was going to say, because um, one of the most unique parts about the showdown is the interaction between the fans and the pros. It's, it's, right. it's We get to this level of interaction that you can't get in. In wrestling or anywhere else, um, and it leads to some heat, some things. And I think sometimes you like to stir the pot a little bit. I think you actually like it because it means more. Uh,
3: sometimes depends
1: depends who the competitor is. Well, yeah, we, <laughs> that, and that's that's the question I have is it, when is it when is it too much? When is it not? What about fans and kayfabe? What's the line?
3: Where where are we here? Well, I think as as the thing grows, there's gonna the line's gonna blur more and more and more, and I think that. The, the positive and the negative about interaction with fans is that not all fans are like you guys, and that meaning you know that they don't they get it. And sometimes people do push it too far, and sometimes they mean it. They, they mean it well, but I think sometimes competitors take it too personally, and some don't understand the wrestling aspect of it, and they take it personal. And my thing is that I I don't think a lot of competitors sometimes should comment back. I mean, interaction is fun, but I sometimes think they shouldn't get involved. And I told Mike on the show when he was on last week. I think Mike sometimes yeah, he he'll 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 start in character, but then a lot of times he'll be, you know, he'll take it. He'll take it serious. And so will Roca. Um, and I I think that people who can't take it or don't understand that side of it, they shouldn't be on the Facebook group. They shouldn't be reading comments. They shouldn't be doing it and just play the matches because what we have to do as the thing grows is um, understand that if we want it to be a sport, not everybody likes the Red Sox. Not everybody likes the Yankees. Not everybody likes the Cowboys or the Giants. It's like, that's, that's part of it. The Cowboys and the Giants don't go into Facebook forums and say, Hey, why don't you like us? Wait a minute. We're
1: a smaller,
3: we're a smaller group. So right now we can do that. And that's the, that's the thing with, with interacting. But I think sometimes we, competitors, the people behind the down, got to realize that a fan base is a fan base. They're not, they're not getting into it to be your friend. They're either going to root, especially what we're doing. We're asking you to boo or we're asking you to cheer. And if someone that you boo comes into the Facebook group and you start smack talking them and saying, I think it's personally okay. I My personal opinion is that it is okay for a fan to come out and say, I think this person is a better competitor than this person. And I think that, that they should be considered over this person. It's their opinion. It is their opinion to say it now. It depends on how you say it now. If you're if you're being insulting and you're saying you're that that ex per, that person X is is an awful human, sucks. Is this is that? Then, well, then no, that doesn't count. But if your opinion is that this person is better because of this, I, I think that you should be allowed to say that. And it, and I don't have a and I think I I I'm I'm way more protective of the fans than people uh, I think realize it's good to know for us
2: yeah i mean i believe that considering you went all the way onto this show so i mean even coming on at a point to even say that i we had put out a video a little while ago with was me and abby friel just kind of talking about the kfab as a whole working from our fan base working upwards with the competitors and how that moving forward it's one of those things where it gets. It gets dicey because there's like no degrees of separation between me to talk to Mike or
3: you know Mike or Ben or Roka or whoever else. Because you don't know who you're talking to. You talk. Are you talking right. to Mike or Are you talking to KO? Like who? Right. You're, and I don't think sometimes he knows all the time. You know <laughs> I think that. Yeah. And I also think that it's it's also not fair sometimes. Like where like someone like Rachel Cushion, who was never she never wanted to be a part of the kayfabe part of it. Never really had a kayfabe character. She was always Rachel. You know. So like so she did take things. Uh, personal, and she did take things because she cares so much about the game, and she cares so much about the fans, and she doesn't understand the negative side of it. It's not—that's not who she is as a person. She wants it to be, she wants acknowledgement for everybody, but it's tough to do when you're playing in a sport. And you know, like Absolutely. as beloved as the Shire Wolves were and are, yeah. there it's people are still human. Not everybody's going to like you, you know. And it's like that's just just how it, that's just how it goes. Absolutely. But, you know, that, that bringing back the positivity side of
1: it, the interaction also has a lot to do with the success, I think, in a way. and In in a minor league system, so to speak, the action army from Team Action is because Ben and Drew have been so powerfully interactive. I mean, right. you were, they were there in Houston, Christian. We we picked up Drew from the airport.
3: I thought you guys were going <laughs> him in a truck and kill yeah.
1: him. Really. <laughs> yeah, we did. Well, we, we tried to kill him with tequila, but it didn't quite work. Oh,
3: yeah. no, no. <laughs> yeah. I, said, well, I said to him, and I, I mean, I, I still, you know, that not, not – not necessarily you guys but it's always a risk because you know i was like how well do you know these guys he's like oh well enough and i'm like all right (laughs) but it's it's you know that's what mark ellis and i always prided ourselves was that we want and that's what Sen live is doing right now is is being interactive with your audience because then it feels more like it's something you want to be a part of and i think that that's what's been so uh, instrumental in um in the Schmodown growing is that you feel like you're a part of it you feel like you, you you know you you know the competitors you feel like you and even if you don't interact with them you f- you feel like it from the from and that's why people don't understand and it's better it's been a lot better lately with like the scenes and stuff where people understand about the whole show in general of what it is because why do you think you're so attached to certain players? Like I still I there were a couple people there's like ah, I just watched a trivia I'm like you don't get the show. I mean I appreciate that you're watching it. And I, and I hope you enjoy it, and I hope you watch. But you're not going to have the same uh, excitement when you come to a live event if you wa- if you're watching the whole show and following the journey. Just watching for the trivia, you can watch Jeopardy. Uh-huh. I agree, I agree, 100.
1: percent And you get to, get to see those characters. Like, just Gar- good point, Garth and Curry in chat. I hated Beninger from the short on personalities, but then you see them in their own videos and you look because they're so nice in real life. Right. It's, that's the characterization that it brings to it. You want the heels to be hated, or in our case, we love the heels, though. So. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. Well, it's true. The, the evolution of the game, uh, and, and you always, John Roka was the godfather of the character. I mean, he was, he was the one that, like, he, and, and it's so funny. I think it was on, yeah, it was in your show where Andrew Guy said that he didn't see Roca as a heel. I was like, what the hell were you watching? <laughs> I was like, Broke is throwing he's throwing the shirt in Mance's face. He's wiping his ass with the Shirewolf shirt.
0: Sure. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. He's 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 uh all the way around is it was it was an ultimate heel and and then that shift I think by the time that Guy and Bateman came in the league, he was already a face, um, or like a tweener, if you will. Okay. But um, but no, Guy and Bateman took the character to the next level. And what was so good about that was that then people really understood it. And I had a reference, a point of reference for people who were coming in who didn't get it. I said, Well, look at those guys. I was like, They're, you know, they're good, they're good guys. They're douchebags on here. And, <laughs> and I remember cutting the promo with them for the first time and saying, Well, this is what this is the way I think you guys should kind of play this. Like that you're the young, you're the young blood, all these old farts in here now too. You're the you're in the next wave of this thing. Um, and I want you to just because I didn't know what to expect them. I didn't know they I, I thought they could have been a one and done. Um, because they play they're playing up against Emma and Joel the first time. And I said oh, Emma was already well known in the showdown, And I said, Okay, these guys come in, they're douchey, if they lose, and then so be it. Then they're they're gone. And I was and after the match, I was like, Okay, we I think we got something with these two.
1: Yeah, but you never know that. But I mean, you have so many rookies this year that have stepped up and they're the next generation. And then yeah. we, you know, we're not entirely sure yet, but some of them have sp- like, I mean, Kevin Smets is a
3: rookie. It's hard for me to like put down. Yeah, he's yeah. oh, four it's and bad. one, right? right. Yeah, yeah. he five and he's five and one, right? Is he five. He beat Chandru, Lavik. Yeah, and then he beat Hector uh, yeah. Moore, and then uh, who was the And then uh, Jay. Yeah, that's right. That's fast. Yeah, that's fine. But
0: yeah.
3: yeah. he feels he's so ingrained
1: already. He feels like he's been been there for years, but he's a rookie. Right. Uh, no, it's crazy. Yeah. And I've
2: been kind of working. Um, you know, looking at the character pieces with that. So I guess that kind of leads me to a question because I know we've been kind of just talking about our love for Shmodan, which you can tune in all the time for that. But with Harlov, I kind of want to get questions picked in. So looking at characters and like, you know, Ben and Drew and Roka and all of that, I guess from your side, has there been a favorite character for you that's just been, I don't know if it's been something that you've kind of created or at least collaborated with? Um, has there been one that you've just said, oh man, I, just, I, I absolutely adore this character. This is my like all-time favorite to watch.
3: I mean, there's so many of them, but I think that uh, it's hard for me not to say Mike because uh, my Mike told the story briefly on your show where I was, Mike was like the ultimate good guy and people were just not, they just weren't vibing him. Like he was was too, he was too vanilla. He was too nice. He was, he was, he was, he was was kind of what the, the big criticism of Superman is that he's a boy scout. Like who cares? You know, why why do we need him? uh, I, we, we've got, it, 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 there's no edge to him. So, and I was like, how do you, I said, and I knew Mike was such a good actor and I knew how much he loved the game. And I'm like, what do I do to get him over? I've had that problem with a couple different competitors of how to get him over. Um, sometimes, sometimes people do it with characters, some, and sometimes people just do it with performance, um, in the game. And, and I, and Mike again touched on this and I've talked about it, but uh, Aliyah and Dan from, um, from all the belts had a podcast that I used to listen to all the time and, and they, they, they really just dove deep into the storylines. And so they had Mike on after the spectacular too. Um, and they played him as a villain and Mike came on pretending he was a villain and that he was behind the lion's den the whole time. And, and I listened to that. It, it's something that, it's, that I I would encourage people to go back and listen to it because it's still on the podcast feed. It's really good. Um, and, um, and so, I listened to it and I called him. I go, dude, that was awesome. I was like, we gotta, we gotta turn you heel. And he's like, I'll do it. And I'm, I'm like, all right, well, let's figure it out. So I had to figure out how to do it. And then as we started to, to do it, I was like, well, there's two, there was two ways that we we're gonna do it. The first one, if he, if Andrew and Ben beat him, then you would get the result that we ultimately did. If they won, then Gertler and LaCosta were gonna go heal with them and leave Roxy. Um, so uh then it was gonna be the three of them kind of starting their own thing and, and trying to bring down the system. But um but then as Mike, as Mike went off on his own and said I'm on a, I'm on a league of my own, I'm doing my own thing, I started thinking, all right, so what do we so now he's just got a buck against the system and he wants to take down all the factions. He wants to he wants to go against the fact that everybody was because he legit got upset. Vincent man, the main thing that Vince always said was take take reality and skew it. And so Mike was legit getting pissed off about the fact that, like, he couldn't. when he played Clark Wolf, you he walked out and Clark got this huge ovation and Mike got booed a little bit and he was still a good guy and he didn't he didn't like it Um, for real. And he didn't like the way that it felt. And he was like, oh, wow, they were kind of going against me. No one was here. No one was in my corner. I said, that's the angle. No one's in your corner and you got to do it yourself. And so corruption was born. And the, and then once him and dad did their first scene, I knew I had gold. <laughs> the stuff with dad and Mike is my absolute uh, favorite. Yeah, Miss Movies is in here. Mike, like we had this whole angle with Brienne and and Mike, and it's just that you know Brienne was running the Patreon, and um and she was just it was she had stepped back from competing, so it wasn't as it, I couldn't layer it as much because she wasn't competing anymore. So it didn't really work. I mean, she was still doing team stuff, but plus she was, I mean, she knows that was instrumental in, in how big the Patreon got. And and I, if it wasn't for her, we probably wouldn't even have a Patreon, to be honest. I don't even know if the show would be on because the Patreon is what funded it. And she, she convinced me, she said to me, she was like, uh, you got to run a Patreon. The guys are kind of funny, do it, and you got to do it. And I was like, ah, I don't know. And I kind of, I pushed back briefly. And then I stopped and I go, well, tell me more about it. And then, and then she did, and she she was she got us where we where we were, and she was she was great. She she was she was really, and she, I'm scattered. I'm very scattered, and I, I admit that I'm scattered. She, I would get texts from her, and she was she always wondered. She would say, uh, "Am I bothering you?" I'm like, "Not at all." I'm like, she's like <laughs> reminding me when I had auditions, the people that were auditioning. She she was great, and uh, Emma's awesome too. But I, I definitely and I definitely miss Brianne's, uh she, she had a lot of uh, she, ferocity. <laughs>
0: yeah,
3: Atlas. Yeah. <laughs>
0: we love and appreciate Miss Movies, Miss brian Chandler on this podcast very much, very very. much. So with the whole anarchy, the anarchy completely changed the game for this year in the Schmodown. and I truly believe that the draft is going to shake it up just just as hard as this. Is there a particular team that you want to see happen in the draft, like between players?
3: Um, I I don't know. I mean, it's it's it. This is why and this is what people ask all the time. The difference with the Anarchy is Anarchy I had a lot to do with. You know, like Anarchy and everyone said a lot of fans were like, "Oh, this is horrible." bringing up the teams and Anarchy has produced what? Four champions? Uh three champions, something like that. But the draft, I I told all the managers at the same questions that the fans had it was like they said to me, "How much do we have involved in this? How much do you are you doing?" It? And I said, "This is all you guys. You guys are going to pick. You guys are going to do your whole thing because my goal is to offer like a really big prize at the end of the year. And that's not fair for me to start getting involved and putting saying, oh, you get this person, you get this person. That's all on you. As a fan, I have things like, I want to see, I want like, it's funny because Paul Preston just had a great match, um, you know, against Shazam with with Adam and, um, Adam, Adam didn't play well in this first match, but he played great in the second match and they're Owen two, So they're not protected. So, the, unless somebody drafts the two of them at the same time, you could see Paul with someone else. Um, I think the same could be said for the screen Queens. I think Haley, a uh, Fouch could be paired with somebody and pretty devastating. Um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of, there's a lot of different teammates that I want to see stay together. And there's others that I'd be curious and there's, there's matches, there's matchups. Now, the other thing that, that people could do, as the rules will come out more and more the the team the champions will be protected one through five will be protected now six through ten you can have the option let's say i said okay i'm gonna uh, i'm gonna draft um i'm gonna draft uh know, whoever let's say ethan irwin no he's 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 pretty they're pretty high up well no ethan irwin is yeah. right now i think they're him and him and janine are they're, they're they're still in the tournament but they're 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 at a level i think they're like rank sixth Let's say I draft Ethan Irwin, uh, and but they're ranked six. I can choose to keep Janine if I want to. I can choose to, um, but I can also say no as opposed to the top five where I have to take the teammate. Uh, now, if you're ranked ten and under, I don't have to take. Like I could just draft. If if let's say Ethan and Janine were drafted or ranked eleven, I could just draft Ethan and that's it. I don't have to take Janine. Oh, so many
1: different permutations that could happen
2: (laughs) I know just trying to figure out the value on that I so following the draft and looking more at the managers I know that manager of the year has been a really spicy topic for for start to finish honestly. for you I I guess I like getting it from your perspective because I think a lot of us as fans just see what the players are doing not necessarily what the managers are doing Um, and I think managers tend to be more behind the scenes I guess for you, which tends to be more important—from being the, you know, the head down, looking at it, what's, what are you really looking for managers to be doing? Uh, obviously, both, but what's most important?
3: I mean, for for me, that's a that's a different layered question because for me, I want managers to be entertaining. I want them to know what you know, keep a lock on their players. I want them to know uh, if they're going to challenge, make sure get get involved at the right moments. I don't want them to interrupt the show. But it's, I think, and you ask someone like a Ben Bateman or, you know, a guy or anybody like that, what a manager should do, or like someone like Andrako and Snyder. I think Roxy is the overall best manager when it comes to um, working with her players. Mm -hmm. I think that what she did, people don't understand, like, when what she did for the odd couple. And Snyder and Andrako will tell you straight up, like, they, like, they knew each other from the lion's den days, and they had respect for each other. But she – Schneider is a very emotional player, as is in Draco. She – and Schneider has gotten inside the side of his head to where he's lost games because of it, or he's gotten he, – he's given up on himself. To be Roxy. Yeah. And Roxy, Roxy will, goes in there and says, no, focus. You've got this. Use your JTEs. Use your moments. She knows the game. She knows it very well, and she plays it very well. I'm very curious to see what Roxy's going to do with a full-on 10-staffed team. Um, I think Roxy's going to be a very tough man. She only has two players right now, so it's, it's harder to, to judge. Emma Fife is someone else, too, who really knows the game and has done it because people also don't give her enough credit where it's, yeah, she, during her tenure she only had she, had, she had the Shire also won the belts, but she was stripped of her managing duties because she was the commissioner. She got Rachel up to that inner geekdom shot, and then Rachel won the title. So you could even say that she's won two titles, not technically. But uh, And Dagnino, I mean, there's there's so many great managers out there, but I think you'll see managers that are just good on the mic that are going to get tested this time because now they have to actually play the game with their players. All right.
0: Yeah, I can't wait to see Winston in that. I saw uh, Winston on Sen uh, talk about how he wants to form his team uh, with people who can just talk shit. <laughs> I can't
3: <laughs> wait to see. that. What is you know what? To that's only. That's the only thing Winston. Winston's. Uh, he'll tell you himself is that he just does. He's. He loves the game. He loves being around it. He just. I don't think he's as familiar with everybody like some of these other players are going to be, and that's what the newer managers are going to have a disadvantage sure. of. Um, and. Burnett. If Burnett comes, doesn't come in dead last, I, I don't know who, who's going. Um, <laughs> but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe he maybe he steps it up and and he does some studying and he finds out the players because I I don't I, I, he's gonna look to me. He's gonna be like, who should I draft? This is on humor, man. So, <laughs> um, I'm I'm very I'm very curious to see how this draft goes down.
1: Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, it's about time. We will go into our next segment on this show. You know it, you love it. Uh, It's this or that. And if you haven't been here before, if I have some new time viewers today, uh, I'll be giving Christian two choices uh, without context, maybe with context, we'll see how it goes. And Christian will be able to decide between them however he likes. And he will either expand on it if he wants or not. But we gotta start, of course, with our first one. First question we always ask anybody on this show because we're going to start keeping tabs on it, and we'll have a we'll have a reveal later on in some future chill episode. Team guy, or team trader?
3: I mean, I feel like I'm going to be like this the entire uh, segment of this. <laughs> I'll be ready for the boost. Team trader.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: the man is a is a he is a big student of the game, and lo- I don't know. There's there's not a lot of people that I can talk schmo down the way I can with team trader. That's awesome.
1: So that's fair enough. That's fair. Enough.
3: Oh, I, did talk, I did talk to a guy on the phone today. We had some. We had some fun stuff in the studio. I tell you that. Mm-hmm. All right. More annoying. You. No. I'll take it. <laughs> SD cards or squirrels? Oh man, uh, squirrels. The SD, SD cards didn't annoy me. I just couldn't find them. Yeah, squirrels. That's those squirrels. Is,
1: uh, there we go. Team Trader, and Trader has a beard. That's that's very sad that he's been there. And Billy Belford decided to cancel his Patreon because he doesn't support people who support Trader.
3: That's fair. It's yeah. a bit. It's Billy, fair. What would you do without your? What would you do with your life without this moment? You'd go nuts.
2: You <laughs> would. He would. <laughs> he would look like Ben. Playoff season. The beard would just be this
3: big. <laughs> sure. Okay. His yeah. mother he get a job is what he do.
1: <laughs> I don't think you're far off. Actually, that's why he's not here. He's, he's working his job so he can get awesome. to spectacular. <laughs> uh, pay off the, the flight just like me I uh, to, uh, to get there. Uh, okay, next one we got. More easily riled. Mike Kalinowski or John Rocha?
3: Oh, man. That's push. Uh, let's see. Who's more easily riled? I, I don't know the answer to that question. I have been stumped. Shoot. I, it could go either way. Any uh, 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 On what day?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'll,
3: I'll give the slight edge to Kalinowski. Uh, okay, fair enough, fair enough. He's probably more recently easily. easily. Know, you know why I, I give it to Kalinowski? Because the, if he's watching this and I said that, what? What do you mean? What? What? <laughs> Should and, we expect a thread soon? Uh, yeah. yeah. He just woke up at us. You know, he actually something ringing happened on on stage at Universal right now, and he needs to know, comment.
1: <laughs> okay, old school wrestling one for you, my own my own personal one. Sure. Davy Boy Smith, mm. Dynamite Kid.
3: You know, Dynamite Kid had a head made out of cement. Um, Absolutely. I I think Davy Boy had a longer career because you know Dynamite got hurt. Um, but I liked I liked Dynamite Kid. I did too. Yeah, yeah. So, all right, that's a good one. For
1: the draft, let's let's pretend you're the manager. Sure. You have there's two people left in the draft and you have one pick. Saul
3: or Ben Goddard? Both tough because Saul from what Saul tells me though, Saul tells me he's going to be a uh, a, a, a tornado in, next season. Be, he's going to be the next IG champ. I've heard that from people though. Ben Goddard. probably take Ben Goddard because Ben's Ben's impressed with actual movie knowledge uh, lately. So I'll go. Uh, yeah, I'll go. I'll go. Ben Goddard.
0: Okay. All right. All right.
1: Got ball bag or schlong? Ball bag. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta
3: go do a classic, right? So did somebody
1: try to do ball bag on the uh, show? Do they do that?
3: I don't know. Yeah, I'm sure. Why not? Why, <laughs> you this, should
1: pick up the ball bag.
3: Yeah, the thing, though, that I still, it's, it's so when we made the Harlov Minor shirts, it says, Harloff Minor, no ball bags allowed, and still, my eight-year-old, what's a ball bag? <laughs> I was like, uh, oh, and it's just, uh, it's sports, they don't like sports on the planet. <laughs> As we get older, we have to hide those
1: things more and more. Yeah,
2: that. I'm not uh, going to talk about this with you not
1: right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, here's another one that's our show specific. We do this one every week. Uh, you might not get it, but maybe you will. Uh, call to action podcast host
3: James Spence or a gaping chest wound. I know what you want, but I'm going to say James Spence. Sorry. <laughs> It might have you James Spence's life? Just so you know. because James Spence comes to the he comes to the events. Uh he he put in a very nice video out to the Shirewolves, and you guys break his balls. I like James Spence. You oh, that video. Yeah.
1: We love James, but it's kind of like our thing. We yeah. actually break everybody's balls. Of course, of course. <laughs> all right. All right. Here's a tough one.
3: Goat. Dan Merle or Rachel Cushing. Uh it, it depends on the goat. You got I'll I'll throw it back in you and ask specific are you saying overall knowledge or are you talking about schmodown player schmodown player i'll say dan Merle. dan Merle. okay as far as as far as overall schmodown player when it takes everything inside of it of what it of every element yes uh when it comes to overall knowledge rachel Cushin. fair enough fair enough okay and i'll get one more in here how about
1: who's gonna be heel first brendan meyer or emma no comment. Ah. <laughs> no comment. Okay, fair no enough, enough. Okay, maybe I'll throw one more in here. One more. Let's see what I got here. How about WWE again? Attitude era, or
3: golden, or the golden era? That's eighties you're talking about? Yeah, the, the Cole Hogan era. Golden era. Golden era. Me too, man. I love it. I love But it's but that's hard for you, though, uh, because you're probably born. You were born during, yeah, during that time. I get it. If you the attitude Era was your golden era, like so, yeah, I get it. So, for me, that me too, I, I, I literally watched a uh, Ricky Steamboat versus Savage today in the morning while I was making uh, breakfast for my kids. So, it's just like that's uh, that's one of my favorite matches of all time, you know. And I'll tell you, if you've never seen you say you don't watch, you you weren't a big wrestling fan, um, you should watch that match, watch Ricky Steamboat. Versus Randy Macho Man Savage WrestleMania three. Oh
1: yeah.
3: That's the one what I yeah, watch it, dig it. Oh yeah, That's
1: <laughs> hit <laughs> which is what I predict the Kevin
3: Smith Mike Kalinowski match is going to be of the spectacular. <laughs> it's actually why I considered putting it as the main event because I was worried that it would steal the show. But after both polls that I put up, they're they're right. The singles championship shouldn't be diminished in the uh, in not be in the main event. The singles the singles title always has to be in the main event. And I fully agree with that. I just think yeah. it's nice to have that both both such big matches at this yeah. point.
1: Yeah. Well, that ends this or that. But speaking of spectacular, I think it would be nice and fun now to talk to you specifically about what your predictions would be. Yeah.
3: Spectacular. They change every day, so they might change significantly from what they were on SCN Live. But. All
1: right, that's what I'm saying. Let's see what we got right now, Bateman or Bibiani.
3: Uh even though he gets so he gets so, he's such a good guy and he gets so upset when I say th- say this, uh I I, got, I give the slight edge to, to Bateman. Um and I and I saw Bibiani's post an hour ago where he's just like are people forgetting the uh, people saying my entrances are gonna are gonna play? <laughs> but does people forget what I did at the free for all? Yeah, and, I saw and, that. And and my my counter to that is the free for all isn't a five round match. And, and you know, and he's like he said, I beat the whole league. Well, he didn't beat the whole league. It's like there was a lot of different. It, it's it's a whole it's a whole thing. He, that that performance of what he did will never be topped. Three and a half hours to be up there. For, it's, he's he's one of the most knowledgeable human beings I've ever met when it comes to movies and film. He's, he's, a, he's a genius. He's a genius, and he's, a, and he's phenomenal for the league. I just think that he might get inside of his head a little bit, and he might prove me wrong completely. And um, I just have Bateman. Bateman has that fire right now that I think that he's going to – it might go sudden death, but I, I got Bateman slightly. Okay, okay. He's, Bateman is definitely very hungry. I know that much. Mm-hmm. I've ever seen him. So yeah. Uh, all right, uh, Star Wars. Alex or Laura? If Laura had the con- – Laura Kelly is one of my favorite competitors that we've had in the league so far. Um, yeah. I, I love her attitude. I love her determination. I love her willingness to want to play and to do it. Um, it was just her post-interview that made me go, she's not there yet. And she said, oh, I'm probably going to get destroyed by Damon. You, you cannot walk in there like that against Damon. Because even, even though Damon has a smile on his face going, oh, anything can happen. He's looking to murder you. <laughs> <laughs> he does not like to lose. He, he, his whole channel was based off the fact that he lost trivia at Dragon Con. And he fought and fought and fought until he finally won the damn thing this year. Uh, he is he's an, he's an animal. Um, yeah. I, I would go so far that I would say that if he played Sam Witwer today, he'd beat Sam Witwer handily. Yeah. Um, I, I think that Damon is the best overall player in any division that we've ever seen. Um, and I think Damon will, will come away with that victory.
1: Yeah. I, I agree with that. Okay. We can, I know we don't know the tech, you know, the tag team's situation obviously, but I guess we could say, I do think the founding fathers,
3: what do you think the chances of the founding fathers defend? I mean, it's hard well, it really to answer, depends, but it really depends on who they play. Um, right. And it's, there's I mean out of the teams that are left right now I mean you look at well I don't know how much we've aired but um but there's a few teams out there that certainly can put up a fight against them whether it's um you know, the, the, the family or who's the boss or Odd Couple or Shazam or you know um uh, shoot look at Looney Bin uh, Time Machine any one of those teams uh, could put up a fight the thing that is scary about the founding fathers is that even though they're vets of the league and Dan's playing since season two and Johnson playing since season one, both season two, uh, they've found new life and energy playing with each other. And you saw that in Orlando, they looked, they finally, we were, when they were announced as a team, we said, who's going to beat them. And then they had some hiccups. They finally hit that momentum in Orlando. And if, and they both have never lost a live event. Um, they, John Rook has never defended a championship. He's been champion. He's been right. team champion. He's been the singles champion twice. He's never defended it. And that, that bothers him. He wants to do that. Dan Merle has always defended a championship when he's won one. So this is his first team's championship. It, it's going to be hard to take the belts away from the founding father. I don't disagree. It's going to be a good match. Yeah. Okay.
1: Then that brings up the, you know, Macho Man and, and uh, Ricky's team belt there. Kevin Smets or Mike Kalinowski.
3: This is the one that I still I go back and forth on because, um, yeah, on, on SCN Live the other day, or not SCN Live, on, on backstage, I told Mike to his face. I think Smets is going to get him. But I, I had a conversation with Shannon the other day, and Mike's back to doing stuff that as far as studying that he's just, I know him. He'll, I got Mike's slight edge, slight edge taking it now. But, uh, again, that could change. They have, but right now I got Mike. But, but I had Smets two days ago, so that could change.
1: Okay. Okay.
3: Woo. How about
1: then we have – you said you gave the edge to Bateman. So Bateman and Oyama.
3: This is another tough one. Oyama's another one who – what Oyama does, besides just study trivia. Oyama, Oyama reminds me of like – so I don't know how much you guys are boxing fans, but um, Mike Tyson back in the day when he was at his height, the reason why Mike Tyson was so devastating, besides being fast and powerful, was that he was a student of boxing. He can tell you who Jack Dempsey was and who, how many times Rocky Marciano won, uh, uh, who he beat to win the title, what round he did it. He knew the game inside and out. That's Paul Oyama. Paul Oyama knows the game. Paul Oyama knows the game so much that it goes over fans' heads. Um, he referenced uh, one of Snyder's title matches when he beat him. Uh, he said, I think this is it. That's, that's, that is what Snyder said when he lost the titles to above the line he knows the match he knows it. he'll be studying bateman he'll be stu- the same way that bateman will be studying oyama oyama will be studying bateman that being said that hunger that ultimate hunger still for some reason i just feel that the money ball strategy of what bateman's been doing lately might pay off and i think bateman could leave with the bill
1: mm-hmm. all right now well, that would uh, definitely make some of the action army very very happy indeed
2: <laughs> yeah. right um, speaking of the Action Army, everybody in the comments, all the lovers and all of those great people, make sure to go ahead and put some questions in. We're uh, creeping up on our time here with Christian, but uh, before we transition into the fan questions, just because we're talking Ben and action and all of that good stuff, I've i got to bring up this family and, and uh, Paddington 2 match. I, I, I want to hear, we will have our reaction up very soon after this video, but we want to hear it from you, Christian. What what was that? Just all of that.
3: Mm-hmm absolute lunacy and i think i can push it to five to five ten by the way if you guys if you guys want so um so anyway uh yeah it was crazy because i was there for it and i was what i've been trying to do lately for the matches is um there are certain matches that i want to call and i want to be on the desk for there are other ones that i like to run from the side and be able to be with jen because jen and i will talk about um you know certain story points match points things she's so she's so She's very professional. She wants to make sure that she hits all her beats and things that she wants to hit. And we, we collaborate before or after sidelining and making sure that all this stuff is happening. I'm, I'm, I'm looking around. So the match happens and the, the, the match is over and, and the padding to, to win. So this is, I can give a, I can give a behind the scenes thing here and I'm, I'm, I'm fine with doing that. I, Go to guy and I, I look at him, I go, I want you to turn on Burnett. And he's like, he goes, he goes, Why? And I go, because and I start to get into it, and then we hear there's a challenge. There's a challenge. Go, Who the hell's challenging? Both the guy I mean, right there, guys. Who Burnett's challenging? Like, when did he learn how to do that? <laughs> and, and they go to no, actually challenging. I go, actually is challenging the ruling? I'm like, but he won. And then so then the, the, we hear what he's saying. He's like, no, I, in, in good conscience, I can't do it." And and then we have this. Whole, then this whole thing happens, and then it's, and then we start having conversations behind here. And the bottom line is, Lee Marvin was not part of the Dirty Dozen. No, he wasn't right. part of the Dirty Dozen. He was uh, he he put together the Dirty Dozen, and that's when it then became confusing, because the question itself was asked in a way that if and if the family would have challenged it, they would have lost the challenge because they would have lost the challenge because, no,, that's not what it's asked. But because actually he challenged it, and because the form, the wording and all this stuff too, we said, well, Lee Marvin did put them together, but he's not really part of the dirty dozen. the whole thing's confusing. You can't if you, if you rule it that that you know that he gets it, uh, now it's then they can challenge because he's not part of the dirty. The whole thing's just a mess. They got to ask another question, so they ask another question, and the family wins the game. Um, and what should have been out? Was it a good sportsman move? Yes, but but in, but in a way, not necessary because that's not one. It, it's not like if who directed Jaws, George Lucas, yeah, you win the game, and then and then he goes, Well, wait a minute, and all good, Spielberg directed that, right? Well, that's just factually inaccurate like and some people listing in the comments oh who's vetting these questions the question was not wrong the question was right it was because actually challenged it it became so confusing and that it's like at this point what do you do with that because you can't say well you know you, you give it to him because well like i said now they can challenge it. marvin did put them together and it's, it's it was a mess so actually did the uh, un- unthinkable and challenged the win when he won and it should have been uh who's the boss versus the paddington 2 but that's just that's how it goes and now we got revenge for you. yeah, two. yeah. Yep. right i mean in my head i'm going works for me <laughs> <laughs> but but i'm saying but i'm also watching it going like what do we do here like because right. this is because i also cuz as soon as they lost i said okay well the paddington 2 now they're getting ready to scrap let's let's okay now so my in my head like i said before and earlier in the interview It's not like I said going into that match because Alonzo and Matt, they know their stuff. There was not at one point that I think, well, a family's definitely going to win this. I was prepping for potentially the Paddington Two because those guys are that knowledgeable. Um, So, and, and, and it's funny. And this happens a lot sometimes, um, but especially in this circumstance, the Paddington Two became more popular in the loss than they did if they would have won. Um, everybody now people are saying you can't break them up they gotta they gotta stick together managers gotta keep them together we love the paddington Two. what a class act what a good move like i said earlier the paddington Two just paul in wrestling terms they just got over right and they got over by with a loss yeah wow and that's tough to do tough to do is getting getting over is tough enough but to get
1: over with the losses yeah. wow, it's, it's definitely unique i can't wait for everybody to see our reaction i know A lot of people want to see our reaction on it, anyway. So uh, it'll come up hopefully after the after the
3: show is done. Um,
2: I lost an inch off my hairline from that match, Harloff. I'm never gonna get that
3: back. Trust me, man. I'm telling you, like I, the the energy in that room when that happened, nobody knew what was happening. Nobody knew it was because there's a challenge on the table. Well, who who's challenging? And then no, we've never had a winning team win the game and then challenge. We've had a winning team win and going oh, they could have challenged that. Uh, but they didn't challenge it. <laughs> they said, we won. We're moving on. Woof. Like, they could have challenged it. Like, there was a couple times. I remember, like, there was a loss that Bibiani had at one point, And I can't remember who it was or what, he, what it was. But there was some question that I remember he lost. And whoever his opponent was, I can't remember who it was, came up to me and said, or maybe have been a manager or something, like, oh, he could have challenged that and he probably would have won. But he didn't. So, woof. And it's yeah. like, he played to win the game absolutely the game. um but you know and, and the sportsmanship was there he wasn't i think there's a difference between dirty play and playing to win the game like yeah. you don't you don't want to cheat you don't want to be you don't want to be um you know someone who's if you're, if you're in character it's another thing but you want to be respectful and because even afterwards after the guy in merle match off camera guy was guy was very respectful to merle and he loves merle and he thinks merle's a is a legend and he is but like you know, but th- those types of things you can't do um, if you're legit about it. You know, that's why Paul Yama you know, got so so much heat at one point. But then Paul kind of turned himself around and he's made he's made amends and, and made sure that he's kind of shown respect to the game. He's done a very good job at doing that. But um, but no, actually should have uh, if I was if I was. At, and that's by the way. And that's why. It, and this is what we said. This is what the draft is going to do next season. There's no chance that Roxy Stryer lets him challenge that.
0: <laughs>
3: no Body blocked him, I think. Well, she says, "Shut your mouth." We <laughs> you can talk about it. it. You go on, go on, chill to action, and talk about it there.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly.
3: Don't tell Emma and Ken nothing. Get to the semifinals. We'll talk about it later. Let the fans call it out if they even do call it out. And no fans would have said anything about this no. at all. I don't think so. They would have been up. nobody, I mean, even Drew and Drew were like, whatever, they, they were moving on. Yeah. more people had a problem with the full metal jacket question as the five pointer than they did the uh, yeah. The, and but the thing was that, and that was just a level up because there were because there were two there were two questions inside of the five. Um, right. and it was the first one, which was a legit five pointer, and the second one was an easier five. Um, yeah. but you know, for hardcore movie fans, yeah, it's easier. Um, but not everybody's gonna get that question, and it was on the poster. But again, then that breaks.
1: I always hated that questioning thing because I mean, there's just so many, only so many questions you have, and yeah. it's different to everybody. It's objective things. I've seen movies you haven't seen it, and, and vice versa. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's right.
3: pretty, yeah. Did we have? Oh yeah. So when Bibiani played um, Roca, right? This is the like I then Bibiani had the question about better off dead, and he and it was what was he doing? It was skiing, right? Right. Yes. Maybeoni's a kid from the 80s, right? So to him it was a good luck of the draw. He picked that, he got it. Roca was said that's not a five pointer as opposed to my five pointer, right? I asked people that were in the studio from the age of 22 to 30. Not one of them got that question right. Not one. And I said it's all subjective. And Maybeoni mm-hmm. got as just as difficult of a question as you did. You just happened to know his five pointer because that's when you grew up. That's a generational thing.
2: Right. And I think that contextually, it makes point. It makes sense for a five point question and had everything you needed. This is a deep plot point within the movie thing. You'd have to have watched it. Uh, posters aside, to kind of get it. But yeah, posters gonna hurt it. But either way, that matches wild way before it ever gets to that five pointer. So
1: right. That's right. <laughs> well, let's start hitting some these questions in the chat. Yeah, we'll do that. Barry, will Christian ever start live streaming on Twitch like playing games? I mean, like Jedi Fall Order or something like that thing.
3: Uh, yeah we've been we've been talking about I actually had a conversation today about uh doing some more stuff I think once the beginning of the uh, once we hit 2020 I'll probably twitch will be a a bigger thing that we start doing um I don't know a fall order at the moment but uh it's definitely something that we we were looking into okay good
1: Malcolm's middle East middle earth media which Smodown star do you think has improved a lot
3: from when they first debuted well definitely Kalinowski for sure um you know, we, we, I watched his first Interhecta match with Rachel, and like he was good, but he wasn't great. He's great now. Um, and then um, uh, Emily Rose Jacobson. Emily Rose Jacobson was another one in Interhecta, who her first match, even though she won it, it was a pretty ugly match with her and uh, Winston. You're right the match against Brandon. She looked phenomenal. I think that Emily Rose Jacobson with the right coach is gonna be one of our most improved player. And I think Brandon Myers is, is another one who's a very improved player for sure. Very much, very much Now, so. uh, how about Joaquin Oliviera
1: ask about writing movie scripts? Have you still work on that, and you said you're working on a Master of the Universe script at one point. Any
3: updates on that? Or if you're still Yeah, the script, I mean, since since this career started, the because that was my that was my thing is I was writing I went for, I mean so much writing from um scripts and i had had a couple of them that were kind of pitched around and and then i got into development and worked to the development and then it worked my tele you know i wrote my television pilot obviously but since this the schmoes thing started to the the writing to go super backseat, because uh, that that's when you got to end uh, once marriage and kids happen too that also took a back seat um because i had a very particular writing process and style that i just don't even know if i can do it the same way unless i lock myself in this office and just tell my wife i'm going to costa rica for two weeks <laughs>
1: okay let's see here i got a couple more in here um, do you consider yourself an underrated scroll down player since you won the singles and team titles
3: i'm not underrated i think i had a good run i think i had those five Five matches, you know. I, I I beat some good players. I beat Merle. I beat uh, uh, Snyder, Bibiani. Um, The game was very different uh, back then, and um, it, it and it's I wouldn't be able to do now what I did back then because that was in an era when you people didn't really study. It was it was like let's just go in with what we know and whoever wins wins. Um, now I would I I don't even know if I would come out of these matches not getting TKO because. Plus <laughs> Plus, it was too hard. It was too hard to manage back then, and there was no live events. There was none of this stuff. There was no Patreon. There was none of it. Um, so, I, I don't, it, I don't think that I would be able to to, to hang. And but as far as underrated, no. I mean, I had, I think I had a, I had a good run. But I, I, am not as, I'm not a, even trying to pretend. like you put up William Bibiani against me in knowledge. I mean, it's there's no, there's no, there's no comparison. Sure. William Bibiani is a is one of the most knowledgeable humans. Movie trivia ever. Uh, I just happened at the time when we played know the game a little better than he did.
1: Fair enough. Fair enough. Favorite match of the year besides RMB
3: Gucci, of course. <laughs> yeah, it was a disaster. Um, there's so many good ones, and I had it'd be hard for me not to say Rachel versus Mike at the Throwdown in February. Rachel up by eight points. Mike comes back. Sudden death live my daughter is in the audience um you know the moment when she wins it and uh and clark comes in and embraces her and and, and i love that moment so much because clark clark knew how badly rachel wanted to win that ig title um and when you watch that moment again clark for a split second doesn't come in because she wants rachel to hold the moment and she wants rachel to have it and then she goes in and hugs her and it's like it's just such a special moment and um but that that uh, that was a great it was a great great uh, match. It was one of my favorites. because it was also live live streaming, and, and Mike proved that you know you you gotta you gotta beat him to in order to take the title from him. Mm-hmm. Fair enough, fair enough. Lucas says I don't
1: have a question, and he's already said it on Sen. But I love the fact that as a fan of Sen Live, we can see our donations turn almost immediately into improvements for the show
3: that's that's the whole point that's the whole point and we have um i mean and i'll tell you in some of them you only won't even see because i was telling brett today is that so we have all these cameras and like, you see this camera is updated now too and the mic's updated and all that and the mandalorian reviews will be updated now but i'm still paying off the cameras I'm still paying off the cameras and all that stuff too but uh, i'm able like this computer was because of the wonderful donations the fact that we can keep the crew the sound like all this stuff that we do yeah we're we're i'm making that everything gets dumped into it, plus the fact that people don't understand how expensive it is to run the show down a month. If I told you how much the show was to run a month, you'd all your glasses would blow off of your face. <laughs> when I tell, yeah, when I tell my, when I tell my the people that I work with, my wife, just like what, what does it all go into? And it's incredible how much it costs. Um, so we were in the we're, we're still in, in in the red because of it. But because of SCN Live in the nations, I'm able to kind of push back a little bit more and and start to get a little bit more um, in the groove. So having this, having Sen Live has has helped dramatically. Well,
1: the Action Army is happy to help that out at this point. Yeah,
3: so then I should say that too. I said I was going to say it. You guys have been so great every day you guys are in there with somebody from the action army with hashtagging and all that and you guys were very very generous with the donations to help get this computer and i thank you for that for what you've done in general for the fan base um i used to watch um a lot of the reactions back in the day and i try to do as much as i can um but there was uh i, I have so many of the i'm trying to remember all the names but there was a bunch of people that i used to watch back in the day and and it's hard sometimes the, the, the people lose certain personalities and it's and that's that's what's so important in this space in general is that you guys now have have been doing this enough that especially the three of you guys you've do do it enough you're starting to connect with your fan base and you're they know to expect you um and you'll you'll piece in people and it's like it's like sports center or something right when you mix up too many people on your shows and your panels and stuff too sometimes it's like it's hard for the fans to connect because they don't because they get uh, they get addicted to the personalities. Mm-hmm. Those personalities right. are gone. Then it's like, okay, you either got to hope that they're going to latch onto them the same way and rebuild. And it's hard to rebuild. It's hard. A lot of places try to do it, and it's and you can't do it. But you guys have done a very good job in doing that. And it's you're, you're you're establishing the the right personalities and becoming like a, a very strong slow-down voice. Thank you. Very much appreciated.
0: Yeah. For making me cry on my own show. <laughs>
1: Uh, we like from that we go to the very important question from David B. Shlong, 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 Slong, Slong, it's, it's
3: a very tough one. Um <laughs> I have to go with uh Shlong. Uh but okay. David B was talking to David B. You know, so how many of you guys are coming to Spectacular?
2: All three of us. Oh yeah. podcast. Yeah. A lot of the whole podcast crew. Oh man, it's gonna get rowdy.
3: We're going to do a sound check. I'm hoping that David B can play the corruption theme song for Michael yeah. and Martin. Cool. Ah, uh, sweet.
0: Uh, <laughs> and are you
3: are you guys are you guys going to uh I know that's hard because you, you find out because I don't even know because I know you're in New York, but we're but January 11th is when we're doing both the awards and the draft at the same time. So
2: boy, I'm glad you brought that up, Harloff, because yeah. I have some questions on that. I've got one because we've already got a lot of comments referencing referencing that and I'm being time conscious. Sure. But there's a one award that we're kind of interested in with this podcast Fan Reactor Award. But we heard that with the split between the draft and then the awards that we're looking at putting some awards not getting aired or, or what have you. Right. So Fan Reactor one. Yeah. Any room for a speech on that one at all? <laughs> no interest. What's I mean, no biased opinions here. Well, it's all right.
3: No, I don't see any bias of Opinion, nice lower third. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know yet, to be completely honest with you. I don't know what's uh, what's in store. I got to meet up with that and uh, and Mark and we have to plan it out because we have about three hours. So we need to cram in both the awards and the draft. Because yeah. one of the main reasons to do that is because there, well, there was two. One was we didn't think that it was feasible to say that the fans are going to in LA uh, in general going to come out to the 11th, and the 18th. And to be able to have the the crew work the 11th, the 18th, and the 25th through New York and getting all the competitors to be there on the 11th and then back on the 18th. So we're like, it's just not, it's not realistic. So we gotta, we gotta try to cram it up into one, just cut some of the awards down. And then imagine you're in the crowd as a fan and you just watch the awards and now the draft happens. So after, after all those awards happen and, and look at the value of say like, you know, whoever the player of the year is, Because right now, to me, it's either right. Kalinowski to me is in the lead uh, for player of the year, and Kalinowski wins player of the year, but he doesn't have the title, and and someone else has him drafted. Because imagine, uh, imagine if if corruption doesn't have Mike Kalinowski. Dun
0: dun dun!
3: So (laughs) mad, so crazy. It's about to happen that I can't wait. I'm so excited.
2: I know we're dead excited about it, and I. I think that also makes sense for some of the managers who maybe don't study Snowdown as much. They get to see the awards that they do see, and they're like, oh, I should be paying attention
3: to this. Yes. That's right, and they might change it. You're right. Like They might have their notebook ready to go, and they see so-and-so winning all these awards, and they're like, shit, maybe I should draft him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. I, I think someone else, by the way, an underrated player that you asked was, is Janine the Machine? Absolutely. Oh, Absolutely. love yeah. yeah. Janine the Machine. I think Janine is a future champion. I think she... Is a future champion that just she's the same thing. Just it's it's the same Laura Kelly thing. She just gotta get that confidence turned just a little bit. One yeah. she needs a good manager. She's, I mean, too. she's right now. She got Jay. Jade. And Jay's Jay's. I'm just hoping if Jay keeps her, then she'll she'll hit that championship thing. Because Jay works with her so well in like the New York event and things that she did. So if Jay doesn't keep her though, she's gonna need somebody that's that's able to spin it. But Jay's Jay's been great for for OK. Right. Just to answer your
1: other question, yes, tons of us are going back out for the awards. Mm-hmm. I, unfortunately, am not able to. I splurged on Spectacular. I'm staying for AMA. But I will go to New York, so I'll be on the other ones.
3: Okay. <laughs> yeah. New York's going to be nuts already, too, because it's yeah. going to be, the way that I'm looking at it is that it'll, it's going to be Mara versus either Smets or Kalinowski. Right. And then the undercard will probably be the number one contender for the team's championship. Nice. So, cool. And that's a lot of that's a lot of good talent right there. And yeah. yeah. It could be – it, well, it's probably going it, to – if if Mike loses the championship, it'll probably be corruption mm-hmm. underneath. And if, if Mike doesn't, then it might not be the number one contender shot. Then because corruption gets the number one contender shot. Well, that makes sense. That makes sense.
2: Yeah.
1: So, so. Sense. so basically, if we want to see Mike and Kevin in, in New York. We want Kevin to win. So they get Corruption and Kevin Smats in New York. Especially
3: especially when you think about who it's potential, who they could play. I mean, Corruption could play Shazam. Corruption could play the family. Corruption could play who's the boss, Time Machine, uh, the the odd couple, Looney Bin. There's so many different people that they could play that would be pretty pretty
1: crazy. Just personally, I would love to see Corruption versus the family because I can imagine Drew and Mike having...
0: Yeah. oh my goodness just a kayfabe
3: off that's why i'm telling people don't say if you already if you're watching this and you have and you have the opportunity to go the spectacular uh you're missing out absolutely this is the best card we've ever done out of the four we've had some great spectaculars this is the best one hands down all five matches are main event levels and could these are these are this is three this is three live events in one yeah And, and you're gonna and plus the expo the expo, you're gonna have a whole bunch of tables with all a whole bunch of uh, competitors there that that you, that you don't because when you go to the live events normally you meet myself and Mark and then afterwards you get to see this is you're gonna go there and you're gonna there's gonna be tables set up, there's memories of uh, Schmodown Pass, it'll be exclusive merch just for just for you guys and um, oh and we are debuting an official Sen shirt um, that will be exclusive to the expo people first. So. Yay!
0: Excellent. Yeah. That's gonna be fun. Well, with that, y'all, we we're not as produced as Sen Live, so we don't have any music to play. I can't say cut to the music, Paul. But with that, we just want to say thank you all for everyone coming in and hanging out. Thank you so much, Christian Harloff. We appreciate your time. We appreciate everything that you've done for the community. You've made us uh, friends all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> <Good job. laughs> <That's> the
3: <music. laughs> Thank you guys.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Plug anything you need to plug at Christian, anything like that.
3: Well, I mean, I think obviously is the, the the two, the two big events, whether you're going to be at the schmodownlive.com, even if you can't be there, if you have never seen a live stream, don't miss out on this one, get the live stream for December 7th. You go to the schmodownlive.com. You can get the the tour shirt that you have on right there. That's uh yeah, that, that shirt is Danny. I love that shirt. Yeah. Danny got that shirt. It's, and, uh, so check that, get that, sure you can get that. Um, and make sure you get the tickets for New York, January 25th. Also the com, And the event for the draft and the 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 draft and the awards will both be available very soon on the ShmodownLive.com.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much, Christian. For Paul DiNizio, for for Dilly Delford, and for the Call to Action crew, and for the Action Army. Thank you all so much for coming in and hanging out. We salute you.
1: And because it's contractually obligated. We got to do it Flesh! Ah! Mr. Sam Jones! And like that, he's gone.
3: (laughs) My clunky. My clunky,
0: there
3: you go. I'm getting excited with this soundboard now that I know how to use it, although I don't know what the (laughs) hell. All right, thank you, everybody.